Good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine, I'm the lead pastor, and it's so good to have you guys with us today. Man, I hope that you felt welcome today. I hope that somebody besides me made you feel like it was so good to have you here today. I mean, I tell you what, I'm enjoying the sunshine today, and so I'm going to be about five minutes today, and then I'm going to go sit outside and just soak it all in before it's 22 degrees again tomorrow. Amen? All right, I'm just kidding. It's going to take longer than that. Hey, guys, uh, uh, I want to address something real quick before I go any further. Uh, Maybe you're real uncomfortable right now, trying to figure out what's going on. You're wondering who the heck this guy is standing before you. If you've been here more than one week, I want to just confirm, yes, I did shave off my mustache. Thank you. Hey, you know what? I don't know if I appreciate the hand clap. What are you trying to say about that? (laughs) Listen, I've had this mustache for going on seven years, and, uh, and I just decided it was time. It's my face, and I don't care what your opinion is about it, so there's that. Hey, before I get into it this morning, I just want to, real quick, listen, guys, if you haven't joined a life group yet, you got to join a life group. I don't know what, what reason you might have, but listen, there, there is no better way to find freedom, to make friends, to move forward in community than joining a life group at the Gathering Church. I was trying to think through why somebody may not have joined a life group so far, and the only thing I could figure is maybe it, the internet is a new and scary thing for you. Maybe discovering signups was hard, so we put together an instructional video for you this morning. It's very simple, how to join a life group. Uh, you go straight to our website, uh, and then look at that. It's showing you how to type it out. That's called the address bar up at the very top there. You click on these three lines, that's a menu. And then you go to join a life group right there, and bam, look at this, pow, there they are. You got all kinds of groups that you can choose from, uh, great groups to get involved in. Listen, guys, I'm being silly, but here's the thing. I really believe you need to be in community. I really believe that the best thing for you to start this year off, to really reach the goals that you're setting for yourself, is to get alongside other people who are moving forward at the same purpose. Get in community. Join a life group. Last plug, signups are over today. Now, if you don't sign up today, it's not too late. Don't use that as an excuse. You can come back and sign up anytime throughout the semester. Um, but this is our last big push today. And so I just want to encourage you guys one more time. I promise it won't be in the message at all. Just kidding. It will be in the message. So get ready for that. Hey, let me, let me get straight into it this morning because... Um, I'm excited about our conclusion to this series, The Temple, today. And so we've been in this series called The Temple because it's January. And in January, we like to think about our health. It's time to zone in on it, to zero in, figure out where we're unhealthy and start to make commitments to get more healthy for the new year. And so as a church, we've said let's not just focus on what's most common for us to focus on, our physical health. But let's focus in on our health as a whole for 2018. We believe that your body is a temple for the spirit of the living God. That when you follow Jesus, the spirit of God lives inside of you. And so you are a temple. And so your health, these three areas of your health make up the pillars that are holding that temple up. And so we talked about our emotional health, our physical health. And today we're going to talk about our spiritual health. And here's the thing. Every single one of these areas is so deeply connected. They're all woven together. Every single one of these areas matters 
immensely. They matter to God and they need to matter to us. It's like only focusing on one area is incomplete. I think a lot of times it's easier to focus in on our physical health when we try to improve ourselves because it's visible. It reminds me of uh, the other day I drove up and I, and I drove past one of my neighbors was washing his car and he was washing his car and I'm going to tell you what, it looked great on the outside. All the salt was gone all off of it. It was looking good, shiny. This 1996 Honda CRV was looking fresh. But then I drove by and he had the doors open. And I looked inside. I know I shouldn't have. I know I was being a nosy neighbor, okay? But I looked inside when I was driving by and that inside had about as much trash and junk in it as my shed behind my house. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can't just take care of the outside and not take care of the inside. We can't just polish it up on the outside because if it's still dirty on the inside, then it'll be dirty everywhere. We've got to focus in on every area of our health. And so today I want to zero in on this last area, our spiritual health. And before I, I, want, I want to give you some practical stuff you can do, because just like every area of your health, if you get disciplined and you do some practical steps, then you can improve your spiritual health. But before we can talk about any of that, we've got to understand that spiritual health is different. Spiritual health is different from your emotional health. It's different from your physical health, because spiritual health can only flow out of the Spirit. And so we've got to understand where that comes from and what all that means this morning before we can go anywhere else. So let's look at this conversation that Jesus had with his followers in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, 15, and 16 are some of my favorite lines of Scripture in the whole Bible. It's incredible to just try and imagine this moment that Jesus was having. These chapters tell the story of the Last Supper, um, the, the event of Jesus having a Passover meal with his disciples, his 12 disciples, before he would be arrested and crucified. And so we often think about this meal and we focus in on it in the context of the ritual that was taking place. Often it becomes a ritual thing for us in association with communion or, or, or something along those lines. It becomes very pious to us when we think about it. When we think about the relationship between Jesus and his disciples, it's a very, uh, uh, almost like a college professor with tenure and then some know-nothing freshman coming in. But these guys did life together every single day for three years. For three years, they were, they were just walking together, working together. They were eating together. They were doing ministry alongside one another. And there were a lot of moments where the disciples just sat at Jesus' feet while he taught them. But there were a lot of moments also where they were side by side. And you got to understand when you read this story, these words that Jesus gave, they weren't a teacher and students. It was words between brothers. It was family. These were the people that mattered the most in his life, the relationships that had made great impact to Jesus. And so as he's sitting there, he knows, Jesus knows What's coming? He knows that he's going to be arrested that very night. He knows that one of the men sitting at that table would betray him. He knows that the next day he's going to be crucified. He knows all of this. But he wants to make sure before it all happens, he shares some important information and in his heart with his closest friends. So let's look at John chapter 14 at some of the best news Jesus gave in all of his teachings, in all of his ministry. John chapter 14 
verse 15 through 18. It says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You won't be alone, he says. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Jesus says there is something better and bigger coming. Up until this moment, the presence of God had only existed in stone temples. But Jesus looks at his disciples and lets them know in this moment that the spirit of the living God would come and live inside of them. He had just dropped the bomb on them that if they had seen him, they had seen the Father. As in Jesus and God are one. And then he says, and the Father is in me and I will be in you. It blows their minds. They don't even understand it yet until it happens. But Jesus gives us the best news we could ever have. The spirit of the living God comes to live inside of you. And in verse 18, he says this. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So our spiritual health isn't something that we have to address alone. And I'm not just talking about being in community. I'll get there because it matters and it's important. But I mean that even in your quiet moments, in your house, when no one else is awake or when you're all alone, that when you focus in on your spiritual health, it's not just you. That if you follow Jesus, the spirit of the living God is inside of you. You get to focus in on getting healthier alongside the same spirit that gave life to this earth. You get to focus in on getting healthier along the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. Listen, this is great news for us. We are not orphans. We are not abandoned like children with no parents. Our Father has left us with the resource beyond all resources. His spirit to live inside of us. And so here's something I want to communicate this morning. Spiritual health flows out of the Spirit. Spiritual health flows out of the Spirit. If you want to get spiritually healthy today, it can only come from one place, the Spirit of the living God. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't yet follow Jesus, Maybe you're here because you, you love the community that we offer. You, you, you like being around people who are genuinely happy to see you. Or maybe you're here this morning because you've got questions and you're searching. I would be willing to bet that you're here in our church service this morning worshiping with us if you don't follow Jesus because you don't feel spiritually healthy. Because you're wanting that area of your life to heal, to grow, to get better. But you can't find that missing piece without the spirit of the living God inside of you. You cannot be spiritually healthy. You cannot be. And so maybe for you, right here in the beginning of the message, let me just clarify that maybe for you, your next step to getting spiritually healthy this morning is that first step in the pathway that we try to lay out before you, to know God. Maybe that's it. Because listen, you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to get your life right. You don't have to to break free from any addictions, habits, hang-ups. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do any of that. 
All you have to do to have God's spirit inside of you is know him. Is say, I want to be in relationship with you. Invite him into your life and you can begin to get spiritually healthy. Listen, there is so much life waiting for you. All you have to do is reach out and take it. This is the key to spiritual health. And if you're here today and you don't follow Jesus, I want to encourage you as I go through the rest of this message to really be thinking about this important piece. Spiritual health flows out of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God will live inside of you. So if you are a follower of Jesus, then let me encourage you. You've got everything you need to get spiritually healthy. I want to walk you through the steps. I want to help you diagnose. I want, to, I want to give you everything I've got to help you get healthier. But what you need is inside of you and connected to your spirit. So let me ask you, are you spiritually healthy today? Are you spiritually healthy today? Do you know how to diagnose it? Do you know how to measure your spiritual health? Because it's more than whether or not how many hours per week or how many minutes per week you're praying and reading your Bible. That, that's a symptom. That affects it, but it's more than that. Do you know how to measure your spiritual health? Can you see the effects of the Spirit in your life? Galatians 5, and 23 says that when the Spirit is well and healthy within us, when it's active within us, it produces fruit, like a vine produces fruit. And those fruits are things like Love and joy. Are you experiencing joy in your life? Do you feel joy in your bones? Can you feel it coming out of your words? Peace. Can you feel peace? Are you longing for peace this morning? Are you in desperate need of a moment of quiet in your mind that you might just have a second of peace? Joy, peace, kindness, patience. How is your kindness and your patience? Is it easy for you to be kind to people? Or is it something that you really have to work hard on? It flows out of your spiritual health. Do you know how to measure whether or not you're spiritually healthy? We all get into places of spiritual unhealth. But in order to move forward, we've got to make some steps. Let me talk about a couple of ways that we get spiritually unhealthy this morning. And then we'll move into some practical steps to move forward. I think in order for us to really get there, we're going to have to shift our mindsets from steps that we can take to an understanding that we have to have. And so we'll talk a little bit about an understanding in a minute. First, let's talk about some ways we get spiritually unhealthy. First, just like every other area of our health, our physical health, our emotional health, and our spiritual health, the number one reason that we get unhealthy is neglect. Neglect. Just like every other aspect of health, you have to be intentional to stay spiritually healthy. You cannot remain physically healthy if you are not intentional about your physical health. It is way easier to eat junk food than it is to eat food that will help you be healthy. It is way easier to lay on the couch and watch 14 hours of Netflix than it is to get out and do some physical activity. In the same way, it's easy to neglect our spiritual health. It's just easier. It, it's, it's our natural tendency to ignore it and not acknowledge that the Spirit of God is living within us. Neglect is the number one reason. Number two is we forget that we are free. We forget that we are free. Listen, we don't have to go on living in the same sins once we enter a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. 
You don't have to go on living as a bondage. In a, in, you don't have to keep on living in bondage to that same thing once you enter a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to live in the guilt and that shame anymore once you enter a relationship with Jesus. You get to be free. See, before you have the Spirit of God inside of you, those things have power over you. They have power in your life. They, they've got you trapped. They've got their claws sunk in you. But listen to me. If you've got the Spirit of God in you, you've got everything you need to be free. Now, it's not an easy thing most of the time to find freedom, but you've got what you need. And I think a lot of times we get so spiritually unhealthy because we forget that we are free. We don't move forward. We stay right where we are. Maybe it's because you're afraid. Maybe you're still carrying the guilt and the shame of your sins instead of just laying them at the cross. We live in them. Maybe in, for you, you just need to find freedom from your guilt and your shame. I don't know what it is. But we keep living in a way that it is in slavery to our former life. Then we won't be able to walk into a place of spiritual health. We have got to find freedom. Third thing, third reason. We believe we are orphans when we are children. We believe we are orphans when we are children. Now here's something that you might not know about me. Most of my life I have struggled with whether or not I am good enough. It's, it's, it's been there as long as I can remember this voice in the back of my head. And before I followed Jesus, it defined me. As a young man, I had serious depression and stuff I've talked about from this stage before. But when I entered into a relationship with Jesus, I found freedom from that depression with a lot of work and over a lot of time. But I found freedom from that depression, but that voice is still there sometimes telling me that I'm not good enough. There's a, a story in Exodus um, about Moses that I relate to very well in this area. Now, I, I want you to hear me say that this is one area that I relate to Moses. I don't relate to him when it comes to parting the Red Sea. I can't get in his headspace at that moment. I don't know what that, I can't imagine what that must have felt like. But in this moment, I feel like I've been where he was. And there's this story in chapter 3 of Exodus where God is calling Moses to do the amazing things that he's going to do. And he's doing it through a burning bush. And we talk about that burning bush, and it's, it's something maybe you're familiar with the idea of it because you saw the, the Prince of Egypt with music by Whitney Houston, you know, or, 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 or one of the many movies about the subject. Maybe you're aware of the burning bush, but I wonder if you remember Moses' first words when God told him the great plans that he had for him. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, But Moses said to God, consider the absurdity of that statement. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Seriously, God, you got the wrong guy. Are you sure you meant to call me? Are you sure, are you sure that you want John Mark to go plant this church? I mean, did you mean to call the guy sitting next to me and this is all some big mistake? God, I, I question it. I feel the same thing that Moses felt in that moment. Am I enough for this? But God said the same thing to me that he said to Moses. I am the one that is sending you. 
and I am enough, and you don't have to be because I will give you everything you need. And so we came, and we went, and we started the church, and the church is growing, and lives are changing, but sometimes I still wonder. And it can be an area of spiritual weakness for me. A few weeks ago, someone came to me and told me that they had a word from the Lord for me. Okay, now listen, I'm just going to be honest with you for a minute. It's not going to be real spiritual. Most of the time when people say that to me, if you come to me and say that to me and I don't know you, I'm just going to prepare myself for something real crazy to come out of your mouth. This is just what I've experienced, that, that most of the time somebody says that there's just something wild about to happen next. In fact, Robbie told me that one time somebody came up to him and said, hey, I got a word from the Lord for you. For you. God told me that you're going to be a major record producer one day. If you guys know Robbie, you know he can't even clap on beat. And so God didn't send that message. And so a few weeks ago, somebody came up to me and said, hey, man, I got a word from the Lord for you. And so I said, all right, man, let's have it. You know, I'm all, I always listen. I always listen because I love people. You know, and maybe God gave them a word. And so I'm, gonna, I'm a real skeptical coming in, but I want to hear what you have to say. And he pulled me aside and he looked at me and he said, God has great things in store for you. He wants to use you in big ways, but you still have an orphan spirit when he wants you to remember that you have been adopted as a child of God. You think you're on your own or that somewhere somebody's just disappointed in you. And maybe you understand that God's your father, but you just think he's a disappointed father. But instead, you have a father who is so proud of everything you do. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because that was a word from God for me. I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Listen, maybe for us, our problem, the reason we're not getting spiritually healthy no matter what we try is because we have a spirit of an orphan instead of a spirit of a son or daughter of the king. Listen, you have been adopted into sonship or daughtership by the king of kings. Our father may not be like the one you had on this earth. I don't know what your earthly father was like. Maybe he was a difficult. Our father is perfect. And you have a father who is immensely proud of everything you do. Just waiting for you to come before him. I think if we want to get spiritually healthy, we're going to have to reset some of the ways we think. Because we still believe some of the lies that had hold over us before we were in a relationship with Jesus. See, for me, sometimes I still act like an orphan. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe you're still trapped thinking that there's no way for you forward because of your past. Romans chapter 8, Paul is writing this letter to the Romans and he talks about all of this. And he, he helps us break it down and helps us reset our minds. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 16 in the New Living Translation this morning. It says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. 
For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Listen, if you don't follow Jesus, your pathway to spiritual health is very simple. Right now, you can't be held to the same standard. You can't even be expected to have spiritual health because the Spirit doesn't live inside of you yet. That which is not in you cannot be healthy. Listen, you can have a relationship with Jesus today. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He's done all the work for you. He's pursued you. He wants you. He desires you like a father desires his children. Listen, this part of the passage, this is you. You don't have to be a slave to your sins anymore. You can do the things that lead you to life. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but I came so that they might have life and have it in abundance. God has life for you, real life, the kind of life that makes you feel alive, the kind of life that connects with every fiber of your being just waiting for you. Now, if you follow Jesus, let's keep looking. And Christ lives, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Listen to me. We've got to get the right understanding. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Jesus said it would happen, and it happened. When you enter a relationship with him, the power of God is inside of you. You've got to connect with the Spirit if you want to be spiritually healthy. And just as God raised Christ from the dead... He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. He has life prepared for you. He's, he's created you with purpose. When he was creating you, putting all your gifts and your passions and your desires together inside your mother's womb, he put a purpose together for you. And that purpose would bring you life. The same Spirit will bring life to your mortal bodies. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You can be free. You can be free. You can break from it. You can move forward. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit lives with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Take some time to meditate on that verse this week. I want you to go back. That's Romans. chapter. Write it down. Get a pen. Put it in your phone. Romans chapter 9. Verses 5 through 16. I want you to go home and I want you to meditate on it. I want you to read it through five, six times. Absorb these words. Let it speak to you. Because listen, we've got to believe it. We've got to believe this truth. You have been adopted as a child of God. 
His Spirit is inside of you. His Spirit can give you life. And you can be spiritually healthy. You can be. You can thrive in the Spirit of God. You can be connected with the purpose He gave you. You've just got to believe it. You have access to the Spirit. Increase the Spirit within you. Don't get caught up in the world outside of you. We need to commit ourselves to being spiritually healthy this year. We've got to really dig into it. And it's going to take a little bit of work. I want to give you some practical things that we can do in order to get healthy this year and move forward. First thing that we can do is follow the path. Follow the path. Now, two scenarios. One, maybe you don't follow Jesus yet. And you're here and, and, and you're hearing all this and you, you desire this spiritual health. You want to feel like you are connected to God. You acknowledge that you were created to be in relationship with God. You felt it your entire life and it's all led you to this place. For you, there is a pathway that God has set out for you. Maybe you do follow Jesus and you made that decision to know God at some point, but you never took it another step further and you're just wondering why, even though you prayed that prayer in a church one day, you haven't felt the Spirit's power in your life. You still feel like you're a slave to all the same things over and over. Listen, we, have, we talk about this vision all the time at the Gathering Church. Our pathway, our spiritual pathway to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. And we talk about it all the time, not just because it's the vision for our church, but because we believe it's God's vision for your life. We believe it matters. That following this pathway will lead you to the life you were made to live. There is meaning in this life for you. Do you believe that? Do you, are you ready to receive it? I want to take you through this real quick. I want to give you the Cliff Notes version of why we talk about this so much and why it matters. And if you want to get spiritually healthy, you need to be on this pathway somewhere along the line. Let's talk about it. First, it comes from Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7 where God makes a standing promise with the Israelites that still applies to us today. So the context here is God is about to use Moses to call the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, where they've been for 400 years. He's about to deliver them into what's called the promised land. He's doing all the things he promised he would through them. All of it is leading to Jesus, okay? And so that's the context of what he's speaking to them about. But God affirms this promise over and over and over and over again through Scripture, through the Old Old Testament into the New Testament all the way to the end of the New Testament because these promises stand for all of us today. First he says, I am the Lord and I will bring, in fact he says his name, he says I am Yahweh, which means I am, the God that is above all other gods. He says I am Yahweh and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. God just wants to start by bringing us out. Get you out of slavery? That comes next. We'll see that one in a second. First, he just wants to know you. He just wants to be in a relationship with you. You don't have to do anything to be in relationship with him. He's done all the hard work through the cross of Jesus Christ. Every sacrifice that would need to be made to get you to him has been made. He just wants to bring you out. God wants to get you out from under the yoke. Know God. Next, he says, I will free you from being slaves to them. Now, notice he's already brought them out of Egypt. He's already established relationship with them. The problem is they still have a slavery mindset. Did you know that you can be brought out of slavery and still have a slavery mindset? That you can be allowed freedom, but you can still be a slave inside your mind? You can still behave as though you are a slave, even though you've been freed? Listen to me. 
Maybe you've been delivered already. Maybe you've entered that relationship with Jesus, but you can't break free from that slavery mindset. God wants you to find freedom. We believe this happens in community alongside others, that God's given us the church for this purpose. That this is the primary function of life groups, of serving on the dream team, to find freedom alongside others. God wants to deliver you from that mindset of slavery. Now, it took the Israelites 40 years to get there. It's not going to be quick. It's not always going to be easy. But if you get on the pathway and you commit to it, you can be spiritually healthy and you can be free from these things. Next, he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will redeem you. Do you know what the word redeem means? It means to put something back to its original intent. To put something back to the purpose it was created with. I believe God wants you to know why you are on this planet and to live in that why. I've heard it said that the two greatest days in any man's life are the day he is born and the day he discovers why he was born. God's got a why for you. And he wants you to discover it. He wants you to live in it. Here at the gathering, we are on this journey with you to discover your purpose. We believe God has a plan for your life and a purpose in your creation, and he wants to see you thriving in that purpose. We believe one of the primary roles of the local church is to help us discover our purpose and how we can use it to partner with the church in changing our community. Finally, the fourth step. He says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And this fourth promise, it stops just being about you and the attention shifts to the people. It's group oriented. We were created to make a difference together alongside one another. Maybe you got through all the other steps and you're still just going at it alone, just trying to be the church all by yourself. Listen to me. You can't be the church all by yourself. That's crazy. The church is described as a body. Right now, you're just like a severed body part. Just real gross, if we're being honest. You got to connect to the body if you want to make a difference. And we know that making a difference is the real thing we were created for. Even sociologists agree. Maslow's hierarchy of needs added a need above self-awareness. Did you know that? They added one because they realized that life was more complicated than just that we need more than just to know who we are. They added transcendent. Is that the right word? Trans, transcendentalism or something like that. Transcending, that's it. They added transcending. I ain't no sociologist, all right? Listen, transcending as in going beyond yourself, knowing why you were created and using that to make a difference in the lives of others. That's the meaning of life. If you came here looking for it this morning, you're lucky because there it is. You were created to glorify God and serve others. And when you do those things, you will feel spiritual health. You will feel completion inside of you, unlike anything you have ever experienced. There is no feeling like serving God and the purpose he created you with. There is nothing like it because it's what you were created for. And this is over and over again through scripture. One instance is in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Look with me at the message version today. It says, but I do more than thank. I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Know God. 
your eyes focused and clear find freedom, freedom from the things that distract and distort your ability to see so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Discover purpose and make a difference. This has been the plan since the beginning, woven throughout scripture, a simple, relatable process that answers the nagging question in your heart, what am I here for? If you want to get spiritually healthy this year and you haven't done it yet, maybe your next step is to go through Growth Track. Growth Track is our way of helping you walk this path of discerning your purpose, of making a difference. When you're making a difference in the purpose God has given you, it brings you more fulfillment spiritually than any checklist I'm able to offer you. Second thing that we can do to get healthy this, this year spiritually is get disciplined. Get disciplined. I'm talking about basic spiritual disciplines. Health requires discipline. Health requires discipline. A healthy relationship requires discipline. So if you want to get spiritually healthy this year, get in relationship. And if you want that relationship to be healthy, have discipline in that relationship. My relationship with Rael is healthiest when we're practicing disciplined rhythms of communication. When we spend face-to-face -face time hanging out together after Eleanor's gone to bed at least four nights a week. Usually we shoot for more, but we found that if we do it less than four nights a week, it's just not enough. And so here, here's what that looks like. That means that at seven, between 7.30 and midnight, whenever our daughter finally falls asleep, <laughs> Lord help us, come on now, <laughs> that we sit on the couch and we look at each other in the face, and we just talk to each other. We just talk to one another. Just find out how each other's day was, and not just the, how was your day good? How was your day good? No, how did you feel today? What, who'd you talk to? What were your conversations like? What was your favorite moment with our daughter? What was your most frustrating moment with our daughter? How was work? What, what'd you do? What do you feel like you accomplished? Real conversation. It matters to us. That's one, one area of discipline. Second is every Tuesday morning, we go get coffee together when our daughter's in daycare. And we get coffee together and we talk about three things. We talk about our calendar for the week, our expectations for one another, and any frustrations we may have with one another. Now, you may be thinking, that doesn't sound like fun at all. And you're right, it's not. <laughs> but what we found is that when we're disciplined and we create a space to have those conversations, it's far healthier than letting them explode in a moment of frustration. It makes our relationship healthier, and we need that time. And then finally, every other week, we get a babysitter to come uh, watch Eleanor, and we go out on a date, and we just have fun together. We just have fun. We just laugh. We tell funny stories. She laughs at my stories even when they're not funny because she's a good wife, okay? And we don't talk. Listen, if it's not fun, we don't talk about it, all right? That's what Tuesday is for. Thursday nights are about having fun, you guys. That's it, okay? And here's the deal. We don't do those three things. If we fall out of that rhythm of discipline in our relationship, our relationship gets unhealthy. We drift apart. We argue. We don't feel connected to one another. When we do those things, it turns my heart towards her in a new way every day. It makes me feel intimate and connected with my wife. Your relationship with God is the same. You've got to get connected in communication. You've got to get discipline and rhythms 
around the way you communicate with God. We need to pray and read our Bibles and journal every single day. And I used to tell people, try to do it three or four days a week because my expectations were low, but I'm done with that. You need, to, you need to do this every single day. You need to pray. You need to read your Bible. And journaling is a bonus point. That's extra credit. It helps me. I'm ADHD. And so if I want to remember what I read at 6 a.m. when 12 p.m. rolls around, I'm going to need to have written that down somewhere. And I don't do a blog post. I don't write out like a, I'm not preparing to write a book. I write two sentences literally every morning. Two sentences at the most. I write a scripture reference. And then I say, I think God is trying to teach me this today. Or I thought this was interesting today. Or my prayers were focused around this area today. And that's it. And then later in the afternoon, I'll go back and I'll just look at it. And I'll spend a couple minutes thinking about it so that God's word can refresh me all over again that day. You've got time for this. You've got the ability to get disciplined in your relationship with God. It is easier now than it ever has been before. We've got the YouVersion Bible app you can download. Y-O-U version. Not virgin, like the Virgin Mary. Version. V-E-R-S-I-O-N. Download it on your smart device, and you've got all kinds of translations of the Bible. You've got reading plans to choose from. Right now, I'm doing one called the Jesus Bible Reading Plan. Very complicated name. It's like a Bible reading plan about Jesus. It's great. I like it. You can do that. It takes me 10 minutes every day, and then I'll read other scriptures alongside of it. But just start with the plan and commit to it. You can set reminders. If you don't want to do that, just read a chapter out of John and a chapter out of Psalms each day and spend some time studying God's word and then write some things down and then pray. Set some, carve out some time to just pray. Pray to God. Speak to him. If you can do this, it will change your relationship with God. What's stopping you? What's getting in the way? Time? You don't think you have time for this? You have time for the things you prioritize. Always. Always. I was having a conversation with a buddy a little while back, and he said, man, listen, my, my spiritual health doesn't feel good right now. I don't feel connected to God. And I just don't know what's wrong. And I said, well, man, how's your spiritual disciplines? What's your prayer life like? How you, you're reading the Bible, and, and are you praying? And he said, man, I just don't have time. So I have time for that. My day starts early, and it finishes late. I'm at the gym every morning for an hour, hour and a half. I got to go to work. I got to do family stuff. I just don't know where I'm supposed to fit all that in. And I said, well, you're prioritizing your physical health. And that's great. That's important to do. Don't stop doing that. But you made time in your day to go do that. You need to make time to prioritize your spiritual health as well. It doesn't matter if you've got to get up at 4 a.m. There is no area of health that you need to prioritize more than your spiritual health. They all matter. But your spiritual health matters the most. Make time for it. You've got time for this. What else is it? What, what's, what's stopping you from doing this? Is it fear? Are you worried you aren't good enough? That if you spend time with God, that he will see who you really are? God knows who you really are. You've got no secrets from him. Listen, the throne room of God is just waiting for your approach. He's just waiting for you. He just desires you. He doesn't care about the mistakes you made today. He's already forgiven them. That's what Jesus went to the cross for. That was done thousands of years ago. He just wants to spend time with you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to worship him for a moment. And maybe, maybe you just, you're worried that you, don't, you, you won't have the words to say. You know, you want to pray, but you go to, to pray and you're just like a, a dummy. You're just like, God, thank you for rain. I don't know what to say, God. Uh, thank you. I had green beans last night. Thanks, God. And you, you feel all weird about it. But listen, God says, I'll even take care of that. 
You don't have to worry about what to pray. Romans 8, 26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Even when you don't know what to pray, God says, my spirit will fulfill you. My spirit will fill in the gaps. You don't have to worry about it. Just give me the time. Just carve out a few minutes for me and I will be there with you. If you want to get spiritually healthy, it flows out of the spirit and the spirit lives within you. You just got to spend some time in him, with him. Get in the throne room of God. Get a place in your home and set it apart and make it special and, and put a routine around it. Let it be your throne room. Where's your throne room? What, what's it, what is it for you? Is it, in, is it the stillness of the morning before the kids wake up? God praise hallelujah for that time, right? Before, they, before all heck breaks loose, you know? I said heck because it's church. Can't say hell in church. Is it just a few quiet moments before everybody wakes up with a warm cup of coffee as you watch the sun peak over the mountains? What is it for you? Is it, is it late in the evening when your roommates have gone to bed and the house is just quiet for once and you can just have a few moments with you and God to study his word, to just share your heart with him, to speak to him, to let him know that you're with him? What is it? What's your throne room? Is it, is it a supply closet on your lunch break? Where's your throne room? Just spend some time with God. What's it look like for you? Is it at the breakfast table with a bowl of trick cereal and God's word open beside it? Listen, the throne room's not hard to find. God's prepared it for you. He's already done all the hard work. He's done everything that needs to be done for you to come in. Do you know you didn't always have the privilege of entering the throne room? You didn't. Jesus made that possible. We need to just enter in and spend some time with him. We want to be spiritually healthy. We've got to connect with the Spirit. It's very simple. Get in relationship with him. And listen, don't worry about approaching God as though you might be in trouble or like he's going to be disappointed in you. He's adopted you as his own child. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16 says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Don't come before God like you're his fearful slave, like your head's down low, like you can't make eye contact, like there might be a punishment waiting for you. That's not what a relationship with God's like. No, he says, instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. You've been adopted as a child of God. Now listen, I, I haven't adopted any kids but I got people close to me who have. You know what I've learned about adoption? Don't you dare ever speak to that mama about her child like they were ever an orphan. Because it doesn't matter if they adopted them when they were a baby, a newborn, or if they adopted them when they were 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. That's their child. And that was always their child. And if there was any time where they didn't know them yet, it's just because they were waiting to meet their child. Listen to me. You have been adopted as a son or a daughter of the king. Do you understand? He's not, he's not mad at you. He just wants to be with you. Earlier this week, I broke my routine. I'm a very routine person. If you know me, that's a hard thing for me to do. But I did because it was an important thing. I had been at the gym and I was going home and I realized we didn't have any bacon. And so I stopped at the grocery store and I bought some bacon. Come on, we, bacon's important, amen? We just talked about physical health last week too, so I had to really 
be careful with my bacon. So I got home, and here's what I normally do. I get my daughter dressed, and I argue with her about whether or not she's going to brush her teeth. And I don't always win. And then we go downstairs together, and she'll sit in my lap and watch a show for about 20 minutes while I kind of just collect my thoughts for the day, look through my calendar, read the news, just get ready, have a cup of coffee and get ready for the day. And here's the thing, this week I came home and I got her dressed and I got her teeth brushed and then I, I went ahead and took a shower because I was pressed for time and I just sent her downstairs to watch a TV show by herself. Well, I get downstairs and she's just having a class five meltdown, a class five meltdown. And th this is just screaming, snoot everywhere, just kicking feet, rolling around. And here's something God's been teaching me about parenting, is that when you have these tantrums or these fits, or your kids are having a hard time, God's been teaching me the difference between a time for discipline and a time for understanding. See, sometimes it, you got you to gotta discipline a child when they're being bad, and sometimes they just need to be understood. And so I felt like it was a time for understanding. So I got down on the floor with her, and I put her in my lap, and I just asked her what was going on, what was wrong. You know what she was upset about? She just wanted me. She just wanted to spend some time with me. That time sitting in my lap every morning really means something to her. It matters to her. It connects her with my heart. And she was losing her mind because she just wanted to be in my presence for a minute. That's what you mean to God. My prayer for you is that your relationship with God would look like that. That you would just want a few minutes in his presence. She would just want to sit with him for a moment. That you would just want to be able to come before him as a child comes before their father and say, hold me. Let me feel you. Let me remember that you care for me just for a minute because you are adopted as a son or a daughter of the king. And he just wants that time with you. He just wants to be able to commune with you, to sit with you. If you don't feel spiritually healthy, but you haven't been sitting in the throne room of God, we know what the problem is. You need to be with him. You need to connect your heart to his heart. Spend some time with him today. One more thing, I'm done, and then I'm done. Get in community. Number three, get in community. Don't act like you didn't see this coming. Get in community. Here's the deal. If you want to be healthy, you need to be connected with others. We are a body. We are body parts. We each have unique gifts, talents. You have a need in your heart to be in community. If you want to get spiritually healthy, you need to be around people who are getting spiritually healthy. You are the sum of your five closest friends. If you spend all your time around people who are unhealthy, you will be unhealthy. But if you spend your time around people who are healthy and who are pursuing health, you will get healthy. It's that simple. Maybe you need to find freedom. Maybe you've got too much of a slavery mindset that you need to move forward in. We've got a life group for that. Well, you can join a freedom life group for both either men or women. There's one for each of you. And you can move forward away from it. Maybe it's your physical health that has a lot of needs. We've got a life group for that. We've got a working out life group. You can go work out alongside other people. Maybe you just desire relationships with others. Maybe you're broken and you're hurting and you need someone to be vulnerable with. You've got every life group at your disposal. Go join a life group. Get in community. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you why we talked about this every single week. Because we believe that getting healthy is a function of the local church. This is what the local church does. It's the perfect opportunity for you to experience what the local church is. When you're in need of help, 
somebody to come next to you and cheer you on and tell you, you can do this. That's what we do for each other. We lead each other closer and closer in our relationship with Jesus. My prayer for you this year is that you would get healthy. And I don't, I don't know what your next steps are. I don't know what area is weaker for you, what area needs more attention, but I know that God's got a whole lot in store for you in 2018. I know that God's got freedom for you in 2018. I know that God's got dreams for you in 2018. I know that he wants to spend time with you like he's never spent time with you before in 2018. I know that God wants you to get emotionally healthy, free from that anger, free from that bitterness. I know that he wants you to get free from those addictions, free from that guilt, that shame for the first time in your life this year. That's what I believe for you. I know that God wants you to get physically healthy that he wants to see you treating your body like it is an act of worship this year. And I know that all of that is waiting for you. You've just got to step up and do what you have to do to take it. You've got some next steps in this series. You've got some next steps as we start this year out. My prayer for you is that you would just have the boldness, that you would have the confidence to say, I am a son of the king. I am a daughter of the king. I've been adopted of one of God's children. And everything that I need, he's put inside of me and beside of me. That with the spirit of God and the local church, I can get healthy this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are and just what you've done, God. We thank you for, for giving us this ability to get healthy, God. For giving us the power of your spirit. For placing your spirit in our hearts, God that we would be able to just sit in your presence, Father, to spend time with you, Lord, to feel adopted by you, God, to feel loved by you, Lord. God, I, just, I pray this morning that you would just give us what it takes to move forward, Lord, to make commitments, that you'd give us self-control this morning, that you'd give us discipline this morning, God, that we might be able to move into the healthiest year of our entire lives, God. We want your presence, God. We need you. We thank you for being who you are to us, for rescuing us, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, would you guys stand up with me this morning as we respond? Listen, I want to give you an opportunity today because maybe your spiritual health has been poor as a result of not having a relationship with Jesus. Maybe today's the day that stops. Maybe today's the day for you to get healthy. Maybe this moment right now, this is the moment where you say, I'm going to do the thing that I've needed to do all along, that I know I was made to do. The peace that's been missing from my life, I want it today. I want it right now. I don't want to live another day without the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I need this. I, I can't do it on my own power. I need somebody else to come alongside of me today. Or maybe, maybe it's not the first time. Maybe you, you've been in a relationship with Jesus, but you never moved forward from that first step. Maybe, maybe it's been so long since you've thought about your spiritual health that you didn't know if God would ever want you to come home. There's a story in the Bible about that. I don't know if you know this. It's called the prodigal son. And there's this, there's this young man who had a relationship with his father that was good, but he walked away from it. He left it. And he ran away, and when he decided it was time to come home, he came home with his head down low, 
worried about how he would be received, worried about what was about to happen, whether or not anybody would love him and welcome him home. But his father ran to him, wrapped his arms around him and said, give this man the biggest party we can throw. My son is home. Your father is just waiting to tell you how proud of you he is, how much he just loves you, how much he wants to wrap his arms around you to throw you the biggest party you've ever been to. If that's you today, I encourage you just to just say this prayer with me this morning. Let's make a commitment together this morning. Every eye closed, every head bowed. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your head. It doesn't matter to God. Let's commit this to him this morning. Father, I thank you for rescuing me. God, I thank you for loving me beyond my comprehension. I thank you, Jesus for taking all my sin on the cross. Thank you for beating death for me. I need you in my life, God. I come home to you, God. Enter into my heart, spirit. Make me whole. I give myself to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, if that's you today, welcome to the family.